Hey everybody, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover and I'm fiercely passionate about having the opportunity to help shorten the learning curve for the people I'm blessed to have come into my life. Think back on a time when someone you cared about hurt you. And I'm sorry to have you pick that emotional scab because that memory is unpleasant to be sure, but it helps set the stage for today's episode. After all, who hasn't been hurt by the words and actions of others? Maybe you grew up in a household where you were constantly criticized or made to feel not good enough. Perhaps you had your trust violated in an intimate relationship. Worse still, perhaps you were the victim of physical or emotional abuse by someone close to you. It goes without saying that these wounds can leave lasting feelings of bitterness, anger, or resentment. The question is, to what extent are those feelings helpful? Asked differently, what do we gain by holding on to the bitterness, anger, or resentment? Or is it simply better and even more productive to our lives and relationships to embrace forgiveness and let go so we can move forward? On the surface, this seems obvious, but forgiveness is more complicated than people think. You see, forgiveness means different things to different people. For example, some people believe that forgiveness absolves the person causing the pain from responsibility for having caused the pain in the first place. Others believe that forgiveness means that we forget the mistake or wrongdoing. Still others believe that forgiveness sets the stage for being hurt more easily in the future. It's quite complicated and so let's unpack the benefits and downsides for forgiveness and letting go as well as the benefits and downsides of not forgiving and letting go. First, the benefits for forgiveness and letting go. Healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. It helps lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. Forgiveness can even lead to feelings of greater understanding, empathy, and compassion for those that hurt us. And on each of these points, forgiveness can bring a kind of peace that helps us move forward in our life. Now, as it relates to the downsides, and from what I just mentioned, you might think that the downsides are few, if any. But hang with me on this one and consider this. Being resentful and holding a grudge can become part and parcel to a person's identity. Anger, resentment, and bitterness serve as a coping strategy that allows people to buffer the pain they feel. It also provides the person an opportunity to regain a measure of control or agency in their life. For people who can't bring themselves to forget and let go, holding on to anger and resentment allows them to feel some kind of psychological and emotional justice because the pain they feel creates disequilibrium in their life. We tend not to tolerate psychological or emotional disequilibrium. We like to have a balance in our life. If you think about the concept of norm of reciprocity, this fits within the context of this discussion, where if someone wrongs us, we've, we, we move from a, a state of equilibrium to disequilibrium, and we need to try to you know, balance that back out so we might say something hurtful or do something wrong as a response. The opposite is true too, where if someone pays us a compliment, we move from a state of psychological equilibrium to disequilibrium, so we very often offer a compliment back. 
And we do that because we don't tolerate a, a state of psychological or emotional disequilibrium that well. So those are the benefits and downsides of forgiveness and letting go. Now let's explore the benefits of not forgiving and letting go. First, the benefits. Anger and resentment keeps us safe by making us aware that others are harming us or attempting to harm us. So we're able to take steps and assess our safety or the potential dangers, whether they're physical, psychological, or emotional. So it allows us to promote our own self-interest. In some cases, anger and resentment can spur action by motivating us to discuss the issues that led to the anger and resentment right from the outset. Each can help us establish firmer boundaries, and we absolutely have to establish boundaries in relationships, those lines that we are unwilling to let other people cross, because this helps promote our overall safety and well-being. Anger and resentment also provide a considerable amount of information in order to begin healing from the many different thoughts and emotions that are leading us to feel angry and resentful, whether they're conscious or subconscious. Because suppressing those thoughts and feelings is ultimately unhelpful in our ability to heal. So by processing those thoughts and emotions thoroughly, we create the opportunity to begin repairing our, our relationships. We ultimately begin the healing process. Now for the downsides of not forgiving and letting go. These ultimately are dangerous and self-defeating. And left unreconciled, feelings of anger, bitterness, and resentment infects every next relationship. This is the proverbial bringing baggage into the relationship. We get so wrapped up in having been wronged, it becomes really difficult to enjoy the present, or even worse, we become depressed or anxious, which can lead really to living a life that lacks purpose or feeling less than, almost as if we don't deserve better for our life. And this can, this can bring about disconnection with, we, with the people that we care about the most. On top of this, forgiveness doesn't guarantee reconciliation. This is a really difficult one. Forgiveness doesn't guarantee reconciliation, which may in a situation where the offender is unwilling to communicate with us, that, that's really, really difficult. Or in the case where the offender is unwilling to change their behavior when they feel, when, when they learn how we feel about uh, their behavior, their actions, their words. And they may even be doing this to maintain control over us in the relationship. Um, worse still, what if we can't reconcile our feelings because the offender has died? I mean, this ultimately gets really, really difficult when we come to the realization that forgiveness and letting go doesn't guarantee recon reconciliation. Renowned clinical psychologist, best-selling author, and longtime professor at Harvard University and the University of Toronto, that's a mouthful, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, he echoes the previously discussed commentary on the benefits that can come from resentment, particularly in the short term. But he's quite clear that resentment in the long run is ultimately unhelpful to people's lives. Now, this resentment comes from two primary th things. The first is justifiable injustice. Justifiable injustice when a person has been on the receiving end of, an, of that injustice who can't help themselves or defend themselves 
uh, is absolutely uh, warranted for you know, maintaining feelings of resentment. He's clear, though, it, this is an effective short-term uh, strategy, but it, these are feelings that ultimately need to be reconciled in the long run. So, for example, if there was a, uh, a child that was abused and they, they were obviously on the receiving end of that injustice and they couldn't help or defend themselves— so that's obviously one of those things that can lead to resentment that would need to be reconciled uh, in the future. The other is immaturity. A resentful person that isn't the victim of, an, of a justifiable injustice hasn't found another coping strategy, a more productive way of coping, which speaks to their overall maturity level. And as a student of Dr. Peterson's work, I tend to agree with him on each of these assertions. But you might be thinking, hey, Ed, come on, you just don't understand. I simply can't bring myself to forgive someone who's wronged me. And if any part of that resonates with you, I get it. I spent a good portion of my adult life being intolerant of others that I felt wronged by. I became angry and resentful due in large part to my immaturity. Yep, immaturity because I was never the victim of an injustice I couldn't do anything about or on the receiving end of someone taking advantage of me that I couldn't stop. This is the principal reason why I, I agree with Dr. Peterson's assertion on this point. I was immature and it wasn't until I developed new and different coping strategies that, that my life and relationships started to improve. My starting point was first to be aware of how I was feeling in the moment and try to trace those feelings back to why I was offended or I felt that you know, I was on the receiving end of an injustice or, or whatever. I had to ultimately uh, you know, engage in, in self-reflection to determine what are, what's, what are these triggers that are ultimately leading me to feel this way and then subsequently act out in an inappropriate manner. This next thing was to try to start empathizing with others, trying to put myself in other people's shoes. And I admittedly, I found this really quite difficult because at the time I was somewhat jaded about this idea of, can we actually put ourselves in other people's shoes? You know, if I haven't experienced something that someone else did and how can someone else attempt to put themselves in my shoes whenever they haven't experienced something that I did? And it taught me ultimately the difference between sympathy and empathy. Now, with this qualification that really should be said out loud is that we, when we talk about sympathy, sympathy and empathy, what we really should qualify it with was to the extent that we can sympathize, to the extent that we can empathize. What I ultimately found through this uh, through this work, so to speak, is um, is really a, a greater sense of uh, uh, understanding and compassion of other people. Um, I mean, I, I've said and done things that have led people to be angry toward me and resentful of me. I mean, who hasn't done that? And if I'm honest, their feelings were absolutely justified. And this realization allowed me to recognize that if other people were capable of capable of forgiving me, I'm more than capable of forgiving others. And I also learned that forgiveness is a process. It's not a light switch. It's not something that uh, you, it's easily reconciled. I mean, especially when you start dealing with the, the degrees of the pain that's caused. 
I mean, clearly, if you're dealing with uh, you know an abusive situation, the pain associated with that is far greater and much longer lasting than you know a snide comment being made that we simply can't let go of. I think that's self-evident. So forgiveness is a process. It's not something that like a light switch you can turn on and off. And we also need to remember as part of this process that our brains are extraordinarily attuned to negative experiences and it's darn near impossible to forget the wrongdoing. So you have this this idea where you're trying to you know, process thoughts and emotions in order to arrive at a measure of peace through forgiving and letting go, all the while knowing that it's darn near impossible to forget the, the wrongdoing from the situation and the pain caused by that. So consider this too, that the goal isn't to forget, but rather to move forward without the anger and resentment so we can heal our relationships by healing ourselves. Let me say that again. The goal isn't to forget. And I don't know if, I don't think we're biologically capable of doing that in the first place. So it's not about forgetting. It's about moving forward without the anger and resentment, or at least having it minimized to next to nothing, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, we ultimately carry this baggage into every next relationship and it serves as a cancer to the relationship. If, if we carry anger, resentment, and bitterness into the next relationship, we ultimately, in, we ultimately doom the relationship unless we're able to reconcile it sooner than later because we're going to end up causing pain to the other person that's going to lead them to be angry and resentful of us. And it's just this negative feedback loop that undermines our ability to heal our relationships by healing ourselves. All of this brings me to my last point on this topic of forgiveness and letting go. Here it goes. Forgive others for yourself. Forgive others for yourself. The anger, bitterness, or resentment you feel are your emotions. They're your feelings. No one else owns them. We own our own emotions and our own feelings. And while such feelings of uh, you know, maybe provide some kind of physical or psychological or emotional safety, they ultimately chew us up from the inside out. They may be on some level effective in the short term, as Dr. Peterson uh, asserts, as I mentioned earlier, but holding on to these feelings are, are, and they're not effective medium or long-term strategies. And these emotions and feelings, they consume us and they undermine the connection we claim we want with others. They, thus, don't, don't forgive someone for them. Forgive others for yourself. And on the surface, this may seem, seem counterintuitive, but ask yourself, can I be better for anyone else until I'm first better for myself? Can I give others my best if I'm not at my best? Now, the answer to each of these questions is self-evident, and knowing this can empower us to become better versions of ourselves by forgiving others, not for them, but for ourselves. Now, if you're in an abusive relationship, I'm not at all suggesting that you should stay in that environment. In fact, quite the opposite. Leave. Get out. But if you're in a relationship you value, and it's fundamentally built on a foundation of love and respect, 
Forgive your partner, friend, coworker, or manager because you value doing that for yourself. Because when we do that, we become better for ourselves. We positively impact every next person we let into our world. Not to mention, we ultimately role model behavior that directly or indirectly transforms the lives of others, including those that hurt us. All of this is extraordinarily simple to say out loud, but very, very difficult to put into practice. I wish you all well on your journey with this, fellow questers, and as always, it's food for thought. Be sure to leave a five-star rating. Pass this episode on to a friend, someone you might feel that can benefit. You can contact the show at thequestforlife.com. That's thequestnumberforlife.com. Thank you for joining the conversation.